Do you have solo economic dependency? That is, if you aren't working, you aren't making money. The Art of Passive Income Podcast is the solution. Discover passive income models so you can enjoy life on your own terms. Let freedom ring. Hey, it's Mark Podolsky, The Land Geek, with your favorite niche real estate website, www.thelandgeek.com. And before we get into my guest today, whom is, let's just, like, you know him, but you don't know him kind of guy. Like, he's kind of huge. Um, dare I say our biggest guest ever, and we've had some big guests. Um, it's going to be a great, great podcast. So if you're driving, uh, you're going to want to pull over for this one. But before we get in to my big guest, um, I want to plug away. So if you haven't gone to thelandgeek.com and you haven't downloaded for free the Passive Income Blueprint or you haven't registered for free the uh, Flight School Web Class, go ahead and do that. If you're not automating your uh, Craigslist postings, go to postingdomination.com forward slash thelandgeek. And today's podcast is sponsored by Loan Geek. Start automating your payments and your notes. All right, enough's enough. My guest, you probably don't know his name, or maybe you do, is Brian Scudamore. But I guarantee if you're on planet Earth, you've heard of his companies. 1-800-GOT-JUNK, the CEO. Plus, you probably have heard about some of the other brands. Wow, One Day Painting, You Move Me, in Shack Shine, um, Brian, almost a billion in revenue? The goal is a billion in revenue. You're, you're way far ahead of us. We're a quarter of the way there, almost a third. And we are loving life. We're having fun. We're growing four brands. 1-800-GOT-JUNK is the biggest. It would account for $200 million. And we're taking the systems, the learning, the know-how from 1-800-GOT-JUNK, the first baby, so to speak, in the brands. And we're leveraging it into other home services, moving, gutter cleaning, painting people's homes in a day, you name it. Come on, Brian. Let's, let's get real. You can't paint someone's home in a day. Sure you can. You can paint a room in a day, right? We, we've all done it. You put one or two people in a room, you can paint it in a day. It's a numbers game. All we do is we put enough people in that house, one or two people in each room. So when my house got painted, when I first discovered Wow One Day Painting as a concept, I was looking to get my house painted and this company comes in and they put 16 people in my house. And I thought, 16 people, it just sounds crazy. But when I realized it was one to two people per room, that doesn't sound cluttered. Everybody focused on that one room, that one task. And when I came home at 6.30 p.m. on uh, the, the night of painting, floor to ceiling, moldings trim, everything was done immaculately, and I was blown away and decided to buy the company. I, I, it, it's crazy because, like, is it affordable? Like, I'm thinking, okay, you get it one done in one day, 10 bucks a foot, 20 bucks a foot. Right. Right? It doesn't make it any more expensive. So the way I look at it is you've got less cleanup, setup, prep, you would if you did it over a week or two weeks. So think of all the time opening cans, putting, mixing paint, putting down drop cloths, all the chit chat and wasted time versus, hey, we've got to get it done in a day. One person, everybody focuses. You've got a foreman, a four person walking around, making sure the quality's there. Everyone's on task. It actually ends up making us more money and, and saves the customer. It certainly doesn't cost them a premium. 
and it's a it's a pretty cool way of it, we've reinvented the way painting someone's home gets done. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, what's what's more interesting to me, what I really want to kind of delve deep about a little bit more, is how you started one eight hundred got junk, and we're able to navigate through the toughest period, which is you know typically like a million to five million, and then. Usually once you get over five, like it gets a little bit easier with systems and processes and people and all of that, right? And then I also want to ask about the passive income side of it as far as being, you know, a franchisee. So let me first ask you about your beginnings and how Brian Scudamore became Brian Scudamore. Yeah, I was 18 years old, one course short of graduation from high school. I was trying to talk my way into college. I didn't finish high school and my parents weren't going to fund my education. So that meant getting out and finding a high paying job that made me enough money to pay for college. And there I was in a McDonald's drive through in Vancouver. And I saw this beat up old pickup truck with plywood side panels built up on the box and looked at the truck. And I went, you know, that's my ticket. I went out and bought a truck for 700 bucks, put the rest of my thousand dollars into flyers and business cards, started knocking on doors and driving down alleys, laneways. When someone had a pile of junk, I introduced myself as Brian from 1-800-GOT-JUNK here to haul away your junk. And the rest is history. It took me eight years to get to a million in revenue, but we do a million in revenue on a, on a busy day in our busy season at this time of business. So it's pretty cool what, we, what we've grown. But like they say, these overnight success stories sure take a long time. It's been 27 years of building this, but we've never stopped having fun and we're leveraging it into other cool home services. All right. So if I could build a time machine for you and I could take you back to let's say 1991 or 1992, when you're start, you're super young, you're building, you're kind of going, um, is there anything you would do differently? It's a great question. It's one I get asked a lot and the answer's never changed. Would I do anything differently? Absolutely not. I needed to make every mistake I've ever made to get to where I am today. We have a culture called a WTF culture. What that really stands for is willing to fail. We want to know that the people that we have in our great organization are able to make mistakes, accept them and, and learn from them and move on. So when I made mistakes like firing my entire team of 1-800-GOT-JUNK employees, all 11 of them, when we were uh, half a million in revenue, I had the wrong people. It was my fault as the leader, no one else's fault, but I didn't make the right hires. I didn't train them, give them the love and support that they needed. So I got rid of them. That tough lesson taught me that you've got to find the right people and treat them right. If I didn't make that mistake, how was I ever to learn? And so would I do anything differently? No. Am I considering getting the treadmill for my office like you? I'm watching you on video here on this treadmill, and I'm like, who's this lazy guy on the other side? Me, Brian Scudamore, sitting down. So I know we're not doing video, so I keep standing up every once in a while. But no, no, treadmill, your tread desk. No, it's good. It's good. I mean, you know, probably while we're even doing this podcast, you probably just bought the domain 1-800-TREADMILL-DESK tread desk, and that's going to be like exactly. the next franchise. So I, yeah, so Brian, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm racing you right now to GoDaddy. There you go. Right? So, <laughs> <laughs> it's, we're going to add it to O2 eBrands. Um, okay, so you know, it's interesting though about leadership and, and making these mistakes because um, you must talk to a lot of CEOs, a lot of people um, you know, 
probably want to pick your brain because let's face it, you, you're kind of in that rare echelon of entrepreneur that's gotten, you know, that's, that's grown their business that, that, that level. Like what's, I think, what is it? 98% of the companies are 5 million or less. Is that right? I don't know. There's some, some number, I don't know, but there's not a lot that are this, you know, at, you know, 250 million in revenue and doing what you're doing. So, um, as far as creating this kind of culture where you can have this kind of growth, where you can have these systems, what would you recommend as, as just being a leader? Like kind of what kind of leader are you? Mm -hmm. Part of it is just having a stick with itness. You know, it's somebody going, okay, what's my idea? And just because it isn't getting me to a million in revenue in the first year or the first five years doesn't mean you should give up. So for me, again, eight years to get to a million in revenue but we do a million in a day at this point. So it, it, it took 27 years to get that momentum, that flywheel going. You know, I think it's like exercise. We look at exercise and think, oh, you know, I'm going to go to the gym today, and, and, which I will tonight. And then I, I expect to come home and look like a new guy. You know, no, it takes time. You've got to do it consistently. You can't just turn over a new leaf and decide this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the gym today. You have to decide and commit to going to the gym and eating healthy day in, day out for for months before you see results. So with a business, building a great company is going through the ups and downs, making the mistakes, taking the learning, and constantly tweaking the model and getting better. I think too yeah. many people give up way too soon. Yeah, yeah. Entrepreneurs that come to me that, you know, are three years into their business and, and you know, they're like, oh, I want a franchise. And I'm like, okay, great idea. How's your business going? Well, we're not quite making money yet, but if I franchise, I can. It's like, no, you, franchising is figuring out the recipe. It's getting the model right. So if you have a franchise organization that you haven't figured, or you're about to create one and you haven't figured out your own franchise, nobody's going to make money. Nobody's going to grow a business and it'll implode very quickly. Yeah, I mean, you know, franchising, like, because I used to do investment banking and we would look at that model like, oh gosh, you know, it's, it's a tough model um, because... Ultimate, like there's always like this friction between franchisor and franchisee when the franchisor um, or the franchisee starts becoming really successful. And then all of a sudden they're like, what, do I, what am I paying this royalty for every, every year, every month, every quarter, right? And they kind of start losing that. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, what, what's the, you know, uh, familiarity breeds contempt. It's like, yeah, your brand got me to this level, but you know, now I don't, anymore. Yeah. I don't need you anymore. I mean, do you see that a lot? I, I see it in other franchise organizations and I'm not saying we're perfect and we don't make mistakes because we do. But what I do see is that we're constantly focused on the relationship we have with our franchise partners, tons of face-to-face -face meetings, lots of human contact, phone contact, and really getting to know people and, and staying close with them. And, and I think that's made a difference for us by building the relationship and realizing we call our franchisees franchise partners. That's a, a term we coined that we've stuck with because we're partners. We depend on each other to be successful. If the franchisor is making money and the franchisee isn't, you know, things implode or vice versa. And so we both have to be doing well. We both have to be growing together, learning together. And that's been, I think, one of our secrets. And it's something we practice through all of the O2E brands. So you can't take something ordinary, a business, and make it exceptional as we're doing without having that level of communication and collaboration with your people. 
Yeah, I, I agree 100%. So to become a franchise E, what does that entail? Like, how do you pick the right partner? Like, what are the attributes you're looking for? Like, I couldn't come in and say, hey, Brian, I got a couple million bucks here. I'm going to be totally passive, right? I'm just going to make an investment. I'm going to make 10%. Right, and it's just going to happen like this because I got one eight hundred junk got junk on my truck, and I hire someone to drive it, and they're going to do it, and it's going to systems are in place, and it can be totally passive, or hey, I'll paint your house in one day, you know, gutters, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Would you look at me like Mark? No, you're the worst partner, <laughs> the worst attitude I've ever seen. Take yourself, take the treadmill desk, and go home. Yeah, take the treadmill desk, put it in the back of the one eight hundred got junk truck, and drive it where it needs to go. You know, it's one of these things where we are looking for active partners. We're looking for people that want to roll up their sleeves, get into the business. We don't want someone staying in the trucks forever, but we want them understanding the front lines so that they can teach people. I was in the trucks for six years before I truly got out and and started to lead and grow the company. But we want people to spend six months understanding how to do gutters, power washing, painting, whatever the brand is that they're a part of. And why that's so important is you can't lead people without, this is awesome. Uh, I love that you drop the mic under the treadmill and I'm only highlighting that because people can't see this on, uh, on audio, uh, but, but it's great. I saw it. Uh, so sorry for the distraction. You'll probably edit me out there. Uh, not, not at all. This is, this makes the podcast better. <laughs> but, uh, you know, seriously, it's, it's one of these things where we want people that are hands-on, hungry, hardworking, and, uh, and that really want to grow something with us. And being passive just isn't what we're looking for. Nothing wrong with passive investments and passive income. That's not our model at uh, O2E Brands. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny because I, I had a podcast called The Best Passive Income Model Podcast, and I would, I'd have the shtick and say, you know, I'd explain my model to, you know, entrepreneurs like you and say, do I have the best passive income model? And, it, you know, a lot of them just, you know, would, would say yes. And some of them would say, well, you're the best passive income model for you. Um, but ultimately, like when we are teaching people how to buy and sell raw land, we say the exact same thing. Like you can't teach somebody, you can't get out of a business that you completely don't understand yourself. And a lot of people want to skip that hard inevitable, you know, like it's just that step, like you can't avoid it, right? Like, you know, I did everything myself with raw land investing for, for years and made all the mistakes. And, and now I can go and, and teach people, you know, how to avoid them. But until I made them, I couldn't, I couldn't do it, right? I couldn't, I couldn't build a team. So, you know, you're able to leverage all this knowledge from 1-800-GOT-JUNK and this franchise model and then grow it with the next big brand. Was there something challenging or different going from the next brand from 1-800-GOT-JUNK or was it a seamless sort of transition? Most entrepreneurs that I've studied fail their second time around. And I think we came close to failing the second time around, our second brand being Wow One Day Painting. And the reason why entrepreneurs often fail and why I almost did is you get a level of arrogance where you think, hey, I built the first one. I know how to do it. This is great. Let's just go do it again. Well, the painting industry is different than the junk removal market. And there were so many tweaks that we needed to make to the model, to the brand, to the type of people we were looking for. And there was hard work and sweat that needed to be put into that business before it was going to be successful. 
And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs start slow, like I did, eight years to a million. You start slow, you get that learning. What I did with Wow One Day Painting is put a couple of million bucks towards it and realized, you know what, money doesn't buy that success. Money can often give you the, the wrong message because you can throw money towards something and think that it's working and put, at it, put money at it very quickly, but you don't really get that organic learning out of the business. So we almost failed. We had the wrong leader in place, had to get another leader to take over. We had to tweak the brand from a very collegiate looking brand to much more of a home decor brand. Lots of changes we need to make. But again, it taught us for the third and the fourth time around, don't be so cocky. Don't be so arrogant and think that we got this all figured out. Be more open to an organic level of growth and uh, it served us well. Yeah, I love it because, you know, uh, you hear all these stories about these VCs throwing money at these young kids, and it's almost like a curse for them. Uh, it's too much money. Like, it, then you have a company that has to shoestring, and that's in their, it's in their DNA, right? Like, I think of Walmart. It's just in their DNA. Um, they just keep everything very low cost. Um, they keep their overhead low, and um, yeah, that's, that's a really interesting answer. Now, I heard you on an interview with Andrew Warner of Mixergy. Mm -hmm. uh, I, was, I actually was interviewed by Andrew, too. He's a tough interviewer, isn't he? You know, I don't remember. I remember him. I don't remember the interview being tough. Uh, he, he didn't ask you about your numbers. Brian, what's your numbers? What's your profitability? I don't believe you. Show me, show me a P now. <laughs> he probably did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, but we, you know, funny, he, he, yeah. he's like the nicest guy. But um, I know that you'd said that when you you unplug completely, like this work life balance of Brian Scudamore is very very enticing. Kind of, can you explain it a little bit more in detail? What you're able to do? Yeah, I'm a big believer in work hard, play hard. You know, we've got this one life to live. Why not combine your personal stuff, your business stuff, and just live to the max? And it doesn't mean just go, go, go without stopping. I like to take my breaks and spend time with my family. And when I do, I believe in disconnecting. I don't want to be checking my phone for emails and making quick phone calls here and there. When I'm on vacation or I've got family time, I disconnect. So I get my assistant to change my passcode to my email I don't trust myself from not checking my email. And if I take a six-week vacation, I want to go, what I call, go dark. I go completely dark from all electronics. I'll still use a phone to, to call friends and family, but I'm not checking in on work ever. And it's made a huge difference for my life. We try to get, you know, so this isn't just a, hey, the owner of the company gets to do this. Lucky him after 27 years. We try and get all of our executive team, our people leaders, and at all levels of the company, we encourage people to have a backup person, a second-in-command that can do their job for them when they're on vacation. At O2E Brands, we get five weeks paid personal leave. We expect people to take it. So when you're on vacation, disconnect, unplug. You won't miss anything. And uh, it, it's been tough for some to adopt because I think we're in an addictive society of addicted to social media, addicted to technology and email. We found a way to make it work, and it's building great momentum for us. I'm sorry, I didn't understand. I didn't hear a word you said. I was checking my email and tweeting while you were talking. You know, <laughs> multitasking, multitasking doesn't work. Right, right. Well, you saying you going dark? Like I'm kind of picture. Like I'm closing my eyes and picturing myself like not bringing my iPhone on vacation, not voxing my team, being complete. Like me going. Like I'm gonna have a heart attack, Brian. 
think just thinking of it. But like the first time you did it, come on. Were you, were you really, did it, everything went okay? You came home six weeks later and, and 1-800-GOT-JUNK was still making money? Yeah. You know, I, I, I wouldn't say that every single time it's been perfect. I had a leader uh, in place here who was the wrong leader and I left to Italy and went into a cooking school in Italy and came back five weeks later and felt like my team that I had in place, that we didn't know each other anymore. They, you know, the, the leader that was the wrong leader in my business, she was overtaking politically my team and, and pulling them away from me while I was away. And that was real tough. But I learned again from that mistake and realized I didn't have the right person there and ultimately ended up making a change. But when you've got the right people in place, the right systems, the right support behind you, beneath you, whatever it might be, you're working together. And when you go away, you set clear expectations of, of what you need and, and where you, you know, what you expect when you come back. And does it work perfectly? Not every time, but it certainly works well enough that I feel recharged and rejuvenated. And so do our people on our team when they do go dark and leave and come back. It's great. And five, you know, five weeks, I think, is something that's kind of rare, actually. I mean, that's, 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 that's very generous, isn't it? You know, five weeks paid personal leave is a long time. And, and most people don't take it all at once. They'll take a couple of weeks here or a week there. But five weeks paid personal leave is rare. But when you're building a great company with great people, you need to have them live great lives. And to me, that's give them time with their family. Give them time away. It's, uh, it takes work and effort to set it up that way, and it certainly costs money. But I think the longevity you have from your people, the loyalty you have from your people, much, much greater by having something like that in place. Yeah, I mean, if I, if I was going to go full circle on this podcast, I think that the moral of the the Brian Scudamore O2ebrands.com success story is getting the right people, training the right people, creating this, you know, amazing culture where everyone's sort of aligned and all growing in the same way. And, and if you're not doing that, then you, you get rid of them, right? You don't kind of keep them in, um, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs have a hard time doing. They, you know, they're, they're slow to do it. Um, I mean, Brian, do you, do you have any advice as far as for those people? Yeah, I think that people that are slow to, to get on board with finding the right people and treating them right, there's, it's just a point in time when they discover that, you know what, it's all about people. That's all a business is. If you run a great business like I think Howard Schultz does with Starbucks, it's because they've got this culture and this caring program for taking care of their baristas and making them partners and investing in their health care. They treat them well, and in return, the baristas treat the company well and the customers well, and it all works like magic. But it's not really magic. It's just common sense. It's the golden rule. Treat others as you want to be treated. And I think once leaders really get that that's the most important thing, again, it does work like magic. It's great. It's great. All right, Brian. Um, are you ready to get put on the spot here? I'm ready to get put on the spot. All right. I'm going to ask you for your tip of the week, a website, a resource, a book, something actionable where the art of passive income listeners can go right now, improve their businesses, improve their lives. What do you got? Yeah. So topical uh, point, I think worth, worth 
putting out there right now in, in my mind and in my world is health. Health is number one. You can't have a healthy business without a healthy mind. You can't have a healthy family without a healthy mind and body and all that sort of stuff. So uh, big fan of eating well, exercising, all that sort of stuff as you are too, I can tell on your treadmill. Uh, a book I've been reading uh, for the second time that I've been loving and I think would be useful to your viewers is Dr. Mercola, Effortless, uh, Effortless Eating. Uh, I think everyone loves things that aren't hard work, that are shortcuts and, and a, bit of, a bit of a hack, if you will. And this effort, effortless eating makes so much sense. I won't go into his book other than to say that it's a New York Times bestseller and for a reason. Is this Elizabeth Yarno? No, it's uh, Dr. Mercola, M-E-R-C-O-L-A. Mercola. Dr. Mercola. I'm, I'm, I'm on Google. Here we go. Dr. McCullough, effortless eating Dr. McCullough. Um, do I have to read this or can I get the audio? You can get the audio or, you know, I download it onto my Kindle, onto my iPhone. And it's, un it's unbelievable. It, it's, it's very well laid out for people that don't love to read like I do. You can read chunks and sections and some actionable things that people can do in their life to... Wait, this, is, this is effortless healing, not effortless eating. Oh, sorry. Effortless healing. There effortless we go. Effortless healing. Got it. Okay. Not Got it. Got healing. it. Got the wrong okay. uh, title. But uh, yeah, great book. This looks great. All right. I'm going to get this book. Um, awesome. And I'm going I'm to call the author and be like, hey, come on the podcast because the CEO of uh, 1-800-GOT-JUNK referred it. <laughs> like, there you go. Yeah. See, like, uh, like, yeah, I know. It just I'm a name dropping, right? Right. Yeah, why not? Right. If, if name dropping's wrong, I don't want to be right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. So um, great tip of the week. My tip of the week is learn more about Brian and the brands. Go to O2E. And I'm going to have a link to this. O is an Oscar. The number two, E as in effortless, brands.com. O2E brands.com. I still don't believe that he can paint the house in one day. Um, I know he said he can. Give okay. us your address. <laughs> well, okay. Well, let's let me let's. Can you do the outside of the house in one day? You know what? Outside of the house, yes. However, you're restricted by things like weather. You know, can you prep the house, get it painted? The weather's got to cooperate, and we can't control the rain, the sun, all that sort of stuff. But interior, eighty percent of our business, yes. Most jobs are done in a day. If somebody's got a ten thousand square foot house, you know, then you're talking about a big crew that we might not have access to, but. Okay, so, but otherwise it's like two days, get 10,000 square feet. Exactly. Wow, two-day painting for, yeah, yeah. for exactly. mansions. And we, you know, we refer to a concept, uh, what we stand for is speed plus quality equals wow. So we believe the two can go together. You can get it done quickly with quality, and that's when people go, wow, this is unbelievable. And so two days versus 14 days, hey, I'll take it. If there's no compromise in quality. I, I think you got a marketing problem. Brian, no, no, you know, yeah, no, no, because because I, I, I like my buddy just bought a house. I just bought a house, and I just painted my house. Like, shouldn't my realtor be like, dude, one, wow, one day painting? Like, because like, I, like anyone you talk to, like, there's always two things you want to do when you get a new house. You want to get rid of the carpets. You want to repaint, right? Like, yeah. this should be like in the like in the fabric of our society is that when you do this, or you know. Like even like apartment owners, like you should be on every real estate podcast possible. Yeah. Because wow, one day painting is for everybody. 
Like why? I mean, you would, it is for for everybody. Why would you do it anywhere way else, right? And you know, because exactly. I didn't know Brian, and I'm mad at you. No, I know. Uh, I want to paint your house in a day. So you know, if I look at our our marketing of the business, that's the easy part because when people see it and they get it, they love it. The hardest part for us as a franchise organization is finding enough painters. So when I reach out and talk to a franchise partner, they're like, "Hey, finding business ain't a problem." get me more painters. So we're working on it. We're, we're learning, we're growing. This year we'll do 15 million in revenue. Next year we'll do 30. So it's, it, it's growing at a fast pace and we're looking for lots of great people as uh, owners to help us build the model across North America. Yeah. I mean, we, we need someone in Phoenix. Are you, you're in Phoenix. Are you all over the, na- all over the country? We're all over the nation. We're not, not in every market uh, and we're not in Phoenix yet. Okay. So that's why. So I, I apologize for my aggressiveness towards no, you. you. You weren't even there. You can even back by spreading the word. You can help us find someone in Phoenix. <laughs> I, I definitely will be spreading the word. Well, awesome. Brian Scudamore, I, I know uh, you've got a very busy schedule. I want to just personally thank you for taking time out of your extremely busy day to share wisdom with our uh, Art of Passive Income listeners. Are we good? We are awesome. That was a blast, and you've inspired me to get moving more out of my uh, my chair here. I don't have a desk here, so I'm always walking around, but even in meetings, I, I don't need to be sitting down. I should be standing up like you. So thank you, Mark, for having me. Lots of energy, lots of fun, and uh, really appreciate you including me. And yeah, get Dr. Mercola on your show so I can listen to his podcast. I, I, I'm gonna, that's my next email right now. All awesome. right, Brian, thanks so much. Okay. I want to thank the listeners. Let freedom ring. Thanks for listening to the Art of Passive Income podcast. Start your journey at www.thelandgate.com and www.scotttaub.net. Rate and review the podcast and email support at thelandgate.com. Your screenshot for a free passive income launch kit.